Hello, welcome to T-Hanks for the Memories. I'm your host, Darren. Today we are, I don't know, talking about Finch, I guess. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this episode as it uploads, it will be exactly a year after this was put onto streaming. Uh, part of three films, obviously, that Tom did in a row that went straight to streaming because even though there was a pandemic on, Tom Hanks could not stop working um, <laughs> to the point where he ended up catching COVID whilst doing the next film that we will be talking about. Um, this is part of a deal with Apple TV that Tom has, wherein he is doing, I don't know, like five or six films and they're all going straight to Apple TV. So basically nobody will ever see them. Uh, this was originally called BIOS in all caps, and then they decided to change it to Finch. Um, Tom, of course, is getting top billing because there's only him and one other person in the film. Mm. Uh, there were some other people, but we'll talk about where they went. And joining me to talk about today, I have Antu. Hello, Antu. Hey, Darren. How are you? I'm okay because I'm not living in a post-apocalyptic world where the sun has wiped out something and everything is very hot. And I don't know, like, like... I mean, I, I kind of like the, the the basic premise of this film is just a guy builds a robot to look after his dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the pitch. And then from there, we have to kind of explain why. And, um, you know, we could, obviously we can talk about it more once we get into the film. But I, like if, if something's post-apocalyptic, I find the best thing to do is just not explain what the apocalypse was. Uh-huh. Just just have it be and then just... I, I know, mean, they kind of do it from here. There. Like he... he... He talks about it, he refers to it like a few times and then he explains what happened, but it's not like we get a flashback of the thing, the event happening or whatever. Uh, but there was a film in 1985 called The Quiet Earth, um, which was directed by Jeff Murphy, uh, based on a novel, and that is kind of like this, but it's instead of it being a two-hander, it's a three-hander, though of course we could argue the dog is the third hand in this particular yep. one. Um, but again, that's a similar thing about... Um, like, I, I mean, it's, it's, but, uh, it's, it's a similar thing. It's like a post-apocalyptic thing. There's only three people left on the planet and there's just like a guy who just like wanders around. Um, and he, you know, like, like kind of not like this. Cause in this, this is a lot more about the survival. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in like in this particular film, it's just basically, you know, people wondering, like, it's that, it's that question of like, if you were the last person on earth, what would you do? Um, so is it like a feel-good comedy about it or is it just really stark and realistic uh i mean it's a you know it's a i would say it's a little bit more upbeat than finch um (laughs) and you know it it has like a kind of um you know like a slight kind of comedy thing to it um you know the guy who's left by himself he just ends up like going slightly mad uh, and then he finally meets a woman and then they also meet this Mary guy, and then that's you know like does like there's, but there's not a huge amount of explanation as to like how they ended up in that situation. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know there's a there's a flash of light, and then everything everyone else is dead apart from these people, and that's it. And um, you know in this we we like you say we get the explanation of like oh you know these these people are you know this person is left, and he's I I don't know like there's a lot of nuts and bolts in this where it's like yep. literally. This is how he's staying alive. He's wearing this suit. If he goes outside in the sun for this long, it'll kill him. And all. Mm-hmm. there's like a lot of explanation of like what's going on. Yeah. It's um, uh, it's, all, I, it's all it's uh, all well handled in my opinion. It's like a lot of show and not tell, you know. Yeah, but I but that but like it like the film also becomes a lot about his routines on how not to die. 
um you know and so but yeah you know, we never see what actually happened but yeah it's you know i think it's an interesting obviously the first time i watched this was for this podcast you know it went to streaming um and i don't have apple tv plus and so you know i just you know like it's not likely i was ever going to watch it unless you know i was watching it for this i mean i mean i think if they'd have just waited like another six months they could have put it out the cinema and it probably could have done quite well do do you really Um, think it would have made some money at the box office because i i i'm I'm thinking like this could have tanked (laughs) potentially no i i I think like if the premise is just it's tom hanks and a robot you know you put a few trailers out there and you build it up for a little while i think you could sell that i think i think honestly if you wanted to get like butts in seats you like advertise a dog because like people go nuts for dogs in like in movies and stuff I guess, yeah, but I, you know, I just, I like, as with the previous two films, it's just kind of disappointing that they just like, you know, crap them out onto streaming and then that's it. Like, you know, I'm, I feel the same way about Pinocchio. Like, you know, you you get Robert Zemeckis and you spend, I don't know, we're probably talking a couple of hundred. Well, I don't know. It's 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 not. It's not going to be as. It's probably going to be roughly the same same level as like kind of like Beowulf or, um, you uh-huh. know. So it's you're talking like hundred million. And then you just throw that onto Disney streaming for for what reason? I like, you know, it's a remake of like, I mean, Pinocchio, like the whole When You Wish Upon a Star is literally the fanfare that plays before, like over the Disney logo. Yep. Like it's the one of the most well-known things about Disney. And you just throw that out onto a streaming service. I, you know, um, but enough of my uh, anger at the existence of streaming services, which is slowly <laughs> killing cinema. Yep. This film was nominated for the AARP Movies for Grown Ups Award, and it was a winner. It won the Best Buddy Picture, uh, which I, th- I this might be the second time that Tom has won an AARP Movies for Grown Ups Award. <laughs> um, and I, you know, as people know, listening to the last kind of ten or so episodes of this podcast, I just think that's a hilarious title for an award. Um, this also won the Visual Effects Society Awards for Best Animated Character in a Photo Real Feature, which is a very long-winded way of saying, you know, the robot. They like the robot. Okay, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so, okay, mo- in mostly, mostly puppets. Who, who is the body? Like, who are the bodies in the film? Is it Hanks and the robot, Hanks and the dog, or robot and <laughs> so on and so on? I mean, it's Jeff and Finch, isn't it? That's the those are the buddies in this particular. Um, thing. I mean, like uh, let's let's uh, if we think about it, like Finch is technically uh, Jeff's dad, really. Yeah, but they're buddies. They're still buddies. <laughs> I mean, th- I mean, to start off with, there's also the robot dog Dewey. Oh yeah, that, that's right. Um, yeah. yeah, who sadly gets killed. I just think it's funny that the ARP insist on calling their movies awards thing movies for grownups. Um. <laughs> because uh, yeah. like that's a slam at the academy because like that's for kids like the academy's is movies for kids yeah the academy's yeah. movies for kids yeah <laughs> i mean it's also worth noting that when the as this one you know the best buddy picture you know the the winner at the oscars was coda which was like also a streaming thing so you know <laughs> yeah it, was that apple plus as well uh i think it might have been yeah that's um, apple plus took took all the awards last last year t- yeah Taking, taking the, uh, taking the, the, you know, the cake, aren't they? They're, they're winning everything. AARP movies for grown-ups awards, the Oscars, everything's equal. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, when it comes to winning pointless awards. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, let's talk about the people who aren't in this film, uh, because apparently Samara Wiley, Skeet Ulrich, and Laura Harrier, uh, and Alexis Rubin, Rabin, I think, uh, they were meant to be in the film. 
uh, but then all their parts were cut. Um, and we do have some flashbacks with some people. Uh, Laura Martinez Cunningham uh, playing the mother. Uh, Marie Wingerman playing the daughter. And Oscar Oliva playing a truck driver. Again, they were meant to have more yeah. time in the film. And then it was all just cut back into a flashback. Wait, were they really supposed to have more time in the film? Because I thought it was just him talking about that scene well and... that's 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 obviously the style that they took and when yep. he talks about it you see like a flashback on yep. one side of the screen yeah but obviously they shot stuff for it and the director basically cut everything that wasn't tom hanks and caleb landry jones and the dog seamus playing goodyear yep. um he cut he cut everything back basically so it was just just the three of them and nobody else that, that was uh, a bit of like a, a monkey claw sort of wish fulfillment like hey i get to be in a scene with tom hanks and He's in like you're in the background. <laughs> He's in the foreground. You don't get to interact with him at all. Nope, no interaction. Just in the background there. Um, yeah. So the film was written by Craig Luck and Ivor Powell, who don't have any links on uh, Wikipedia to any articles, and I think their IMDb just lists this film. Uh, so I'm guessing it was like a. Um, um you know like well obviously because it was called bios i'm thinking this is probably one of those like blacklist situations where it's like you know an <laughs> interesting like a very interesting premise of like one man building a robot to save his dog and that's what it was sold on um uh, like i say it was called bios all the way up until uh, you know like 2019 and then when they started to talk about it possibly going to cinemas in late 2020 um which is when it was meant to go to cinemas mm-hmm. uh then you know the name was announced as finch and then obviously they you know universal pictures basically sold it to apple um but it was you know the, on on this we've got amblin we've got reliance we've got walden media we've got misha films whoever the hell they are and of course we've got image movers because robert zemeckis uh is a co-producer on this um uh, he's listed as a producer, but and obviously um, Steven Spielberg isn't. But we, you know, we families involved, and technically speaking, <laughs> yeah. you've got Steven Spielberg as a producer. Um, which in the eighties, Steven Spielberg seemed to produce like twenty films a year. Like Amblin were like making so much stuff, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it did okay on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy four percent. You know, um, six point five out of ten is what people were giving it. Um, and the audience score is like slightly less than that. In fact, the audience score is 65%, which is six and a half out of 10. So <laughs> I think everyone's kind of agreed that this is roughly a six and a half out of 10, but we'll see what our judgments are uh, later on. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, um, the director, uh, Miguel Sapanik, uh, British born of Argentine heritage. Mm-hmm. Things must have been a bit dicey <laughs> during uh, the war for Las Malvinas. He directed Repo Men. Starring Jude Law and a few other people whose names I can't—I can't, I can't uh, remember I think, who else uh, is in that. I think film. Forrest Whitaker is the number two, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not a sequel to Repo Man. We, you know, we should make that very, very clear. Uh, it is its own film. Uh, not that Repo Man made any money, but Repo Man was also directed by Alex uh, Cox, of course. British. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, so that he directed that, and then basically didn't do any films until Finch. And you're saying to yourself, well, he must have done nothing in between. And as before we started recording, Antu argued he didn't do nothing. And I, I just said, yeah, but in the realm of like motion pictures, he did nothing. I mean, uh, it was working like in TV is like gap. a good paycheck. Like he's well, yeah, he, yeah, he, he directed a lot of TV, yeah. um, starting with like six episodes of House in 2011, episode of Fringe, Awake, if you remember that TV series, no, Falling I do not. Skies. 
Under the Dome. I'm sure you remember Under the Dome. Ah, like, uh, yeah, that, of that course. Yeah, that was a big King, hit. Yep. Yeah. Under the Dome was one of those was one of those shows that's like in the last 10 years that had like a very specific premise that you thought, oh, there's no way this can last past the first episode. And yes, we were correct. Uh, <laughs> the premise basically fell apart after episode one. And another show that did the same thing was something he also directed called Revolution. If you remember that, where all the electricity went out in the world and then they were like, how the hell do we explain this? Just like, here's a big dome. On top of a town. How do we explain that? Things <laughs> yeah. generally fell apart pretty quick for that. He directed a couple of episodes of Banshee, which was a TV show that I very much enjoyed, about a guy who pretends to be a sheriff in a town and then just beats up slash has sex slash beats up and has sex with a lot of people. Wait, um, uh, is this is it set in like America or is it like a British thing? No, it's uh, in America. Okay. Uh, the star of it was actually Anthony Starr, appropriately. Um, and he, he obviously is now in The Boys as Homelander. And, you know, so people are like, oh, it's the thingy. It's him from Homeland, yep. you know, the boys. And I'm like, no, no, that's the guy from Banshee who played like the main character. Um, I, I and know what was in the boys specifically. Well, yeah. But well, what was funny about uh, Banshee was that like it was next to like an Amish community. And there was like a guy who was like the like who was like Amish, but he was also a gangster. So it was yep. kind of. Um, yeah. So, uh you know that i mean that's a fun show if you haven't watched banshee go back watch it you know the first three seasons are great the fourth season it kind of you know loses the plot just a tiny bit but you know it's about it's about a guy who pretends to be another guy um so yeah he also did uh game of thrones he did a couple of episodes in season five couple of episodes in season six couple of episodes in season eight um and in between all that he did um masters of sex and true detective and iron fist and Altered Carbon, which I think is a, mm. another show that streams on Apple, or it's has Netflix. been cancelled by it's Apple. A, oh, it's Netflix. Of... Oh, has it been cancelled by Netflix? Probably. I have no idea. Netflix. Like, I never watched it. It's... Yeah. Um, and then most recently, he directed the pilot for House of the Dragon, uh, which is a show I'm not watching because I've never watched Game of Thrones, and I'm never likely to. Okay. And also, I'm not going to watch it. As I, I, it. I just assumed you loved the show just like 90 nope. percent of the world or whatever i i'm I, <laughs> no. i've seen the pilot and that's it i was like I'm, I'm good yeah uh well he directed the pilot house of dragons so obviously as that show goes forward he will continue to get money because that's what happens with directors of pilots uh he was a co-showrunner for the first season uh but since uh you know the the season you know i think two or three episodes in he was like i'm not going to be a showrunner anymore and he has, you know, left. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see um, what he does because I'm, I'm sure being the showrunner on like <laughs> a game Game of Thrones thing must be a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, I, I I think his plan was just to be the showrunner for the first season and then move on to something else. Like mm. he, you know, all, all the other stuff that he's directed as he's as you know throughout the years, he's only directed like a couple of episodes. He's basically been a director for hire. He's just come in, done a few episodes, mm -hmm. gone. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, obviously that that might have been his plan was just to direct the pilot, show run it for the first season and then uh, and then leave. Uh, not that that means there's anything wrong with that show or something's going wrong behind the scenes or anything like that, you know. But, <laughs> Are you uh, alluding to something because I haven't been paying attention? No, I don't, I'm not alluding to anything. Isn't <laughs> it? No, I don't think I don't think there is. But obviously a lot of people, whenever a showrunner leaves, they they kind of take it as like something's gone wrong. Yep. Uh, when it, in most cases it's just the fact that people are human and you know being a showrunner on TV is a lot of like ball ache for no real reward <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like I'm sure he's like yeah this was fun to do but I want to go do something else um, Scott he's but, got uh, Finch yeah. 2 on the horizon more Finch yeah yeah Finch 2 but there's two eyes in it so it's Finch that one uh, that's how you do the sequel wouldn't you um, but yeah so I mean 
uh, yeah, as I said, this was announced that it was going to be released October 2020. And then obviously when it was realized that, you know, films were going to have to take a bit of a break, um, it was pushed back. And then eventually Universal were like, we just don't want to release this now. Just can somebody else do it? And obviously Apple TV were like, yeah, sure. Uh, we've already got a deal in place with uh, with Tom, so let's you know let's just release this film for him. Is um, it the first in the Apple deals or like? No, it's the second because he'd already had Greyhound, which okay. is getting a sequel somehow, but it won't have Tom in. Um, and then in between, we also had News of the World, um, and but that wasn't part of the that, like that was on a different streaming thing, and that okay, wasn't, yeah. that wasn't again that was it was a film that was filmed to be released and then bought up by streaming. I'm I'm sure they took a loss on this. There's no way they made any money on like the back of like. Well, I think the yeah. idea is that you have a film like this, you promote it, and then people are like, "Oh, I want to subscribe to Apple TV now because I want to see this." And, like that's the whole point, isn't it? Like that's the whole point of having exclusives. Yeah, I I can sort of see the idea of like a bunch of like boomers getting into it i like yeah I, I like dogs and tom hanks i I don't give this a shot yeah and it's got the aarp's like silver approval it's it's gonna be an entertaining entertaining time yeah it's it's weird because um like apple tv plus apart from the fact that it started out being called itv and then obviously because itv exists in the uk they were like <laughs> you can't call it that you can't call it lowercase itv that's it's the same as ITV and ITV has been established for like 50 years. So you can't be calling yourself that. Um, so they changed it to Apple TV. And then obviously, you know, that's the thing you, you buy. And then Apple TV plus is a service because everything has to have a plus at the end of it these days, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's so like, it's so lame. Yeah. Um, but they also had like amazing stories, you know, from like the kind of whole Spielberg thing, which was like the reboot of that, that kind of so series. They did a reboot of that on Apple TV? They did. Yeah. This is, this okay. is how, this is how like crap Apple have been at promoting this kind of stuff. Um, that, yeah, like they rebooted, um, amazing stories. They did five episodes. Um, and you know, like that was it. Then they canceled it because, it was extremely expensive. That's the original reason that Amazing Stories was cancelled in the first place, was because it was a very expensive show. Um, so it was a really faithful reboot in that way. Yeah, a faithful reboot in every way. But yeah, I mean, they've got tons and tons of shows, but like, I just, I mean, you know, they've got Fraggle Rock back to the rock because obviously they've got, a, they've got like a deal with like, you know, Henson and stuff. But, you know, like the big ones that they use to sell it are like The Morning Show, which has got like Jennifer Aniston on and i mean isn't ted lasso like a big deal for most yeah people? Te and... yeah te yeah ted lasso that like but like and that's that still that ben stiller tv show whatever it's called severance i think yes but that i mean so far that's only had one season so and i guess mythic quest i've watched all of that as well which had it <laughs> which had f murray abraham on and um but it was it was co-created by uh, Megan Gans, who used to work on Community. That was the reason why I was like, "Oh, I'll check this out." Mm. Um, but yeah, it's also got Danny Pudion from Community. So you know, there were a couple of Community connections. Uh, it's also got Jesse Ennis on, who is uh, Brie Larson's best friend. And does, in, in real life, or yeah, in real life, they do a podcast together. Right. Okay. And so you know. It's worth checking out, but like I think the thing that they used to sell the whole thing is like the morning show. It's like here's Jennifer Anderson's big return to TV with Reese Witherspoon and you know Steve Carell. That was like the selling point. Um, is is that a serious show as well? Is it like a 
Uh, I don't know. Like it's one of these. Uh, 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 it's one of these weird things where it's like you know, a f- it's like a fifty-minute to like an hour episode, but it's got like a comic tone. Okay, I, I thought it was going to be like a what's his name, like a like the newsroom or whatever. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, what, that's why I picture. I don't think it's like that, but there's a bit because obviously Steve Carell's there. There's a bit more of a kind of comedic tone to it. But I think he left after the first season because his character was a guy who sexually harasses people. Okay, all right, well, yep. Yeah, and there's only so long that can last. But yeah, they've literally got like... I mean, C, I guess, is the other big one people went nuts for. Um, with... Uh, what's his face? I'm, I'm sure, like, a lot of this has to be cut out because it's just going to be, like, these arseholes talking, like, slamming my favourite subscription service or whatever. Nope, keeping all this in. Uh, yeah, C's got, like, oh. Jason Momoa, and I know some I know some people at work who went, like, nuts for that, and I'm like, yeah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that's been on Apple TV Plus that has like ever struck me. If, as being if, like, if a coworker startled up to me and like oh, they elbowed me and said, "Hey, are, are you watching C?" I would, I that would be hell. For, people, yeah, I can't imagine people talking about it. Onto people don't elbow me. I like, I don't know what you talk <laughs> like. It's just in general discussions about TV. People are talking about what they're watching, aren't they? And they're like, oh. Also, it's like the most awkwardly like you're gonna say, ask someone, have you seen C? Or did yeah. you see the latest C? Well, I, yeah, it's, it's an awkward title, but they, do, they generally talk about it as being like that Jason Momoa TV show. Again, <laughs> yeah. like Jason Momoa, like, you know, a, a film star doing a TV show. Like, that's the, that's yeah. the selling point of Apple. It's, the same, it's kind of not the same thing with, like, Amazon, because Amazon don't quite do that where they take TV. They generally take TV stars and have them do TV shows. Whereas mm-hmm. Apple are like, we've got a lot, we've got money to burn, so let's have film stars do TV shows for no particular reason. Um, did did you end up watching Cherry like the the Bruce Brothers movie post like Endgame or whatever? No, the one uh, yeah. the one well, where they had the poster where all the letters were cut up so nobody could understand what it was called. That one. <laughs> yeah, I, probably. It's yeah, like, yeah. It was about about a bank robber or whatever. Yeah, no, I have. I mean, like I you know I enjoyed the stuff the Russo brothers did on Community, and yep. you know obviously I enjoyed Endgame and Infinity War and whatever. Uh, but I, I have no personal loyalty to the Russo brothers, so whatever they do next, I'm not really, I'm not yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna. I, I, That's the difference. I think, like, the difference between movie stars and like directors is, yeah. you know, people will watch Tom Hanks films because Tom Hanks is in them. People don't generally be like, oh, this is a Russo brothers film. I'm gonna watch it because of the Russo brothers. You're like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not the same thing. And I think a lot of the streaming services have have kind of they've gone in the wrong direction thinking oh this these people directed this really famous you know thing so we'll give them like a hundred million and we'll make like they'll make red notice and everyone will watch it yeah <laughs> i know although of course they claim that red notice was like the most watched whatever and all that kind of stuff you know uh yeah so you know generally i'm not a fan of streaming services i like to watch films at the cinema so the first time i watched this was for this podcast i'm assuming the same is true for you on too i watched this film under your mandate is how i would describe it <laughs> like just Hinting at this bad relationship we have behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like, again, like, this is the end. This is the kind of the third of three, you know, streaming films that, you know, I hadn't seen. If I wasn't in this podcast, I would probably never watch. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it turns out in terms of the quality of everything. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. uh, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, front and center is tom hanks this is a film that is tom hanks centric and (laughs) you know like almost unlike any like 
up until this point, I was trying to think, has there been, like, a film that is this, like, totally focused on Tom Hanks previously? And... and it- it's Castaways, clearly. Like that's pretty well, yeah. Cast, Castaway is like the only other, ri- but in, even with Castaway, there's a, there's the, there's like a small point at the beginning where they establish his home life, and you know you're introduced to <laughs> Helen Hunt, yep. and you know so you have like a little bit, and then you know you have a, you have you in Castaway, which is a film which I think is nearly two hours. You only have one full hour that is just Tom Hanks. And then mm-hmm. you have all the stuff when he returns with the airline and FedEx and all that kind of stuff. Like there's a whole. So there's there's like there's there's kind of like a beginning and end framing device effectively for Castaway, uh, whereas you know this is just Tom Hanks and yeah. Other than Castaway, I was trying to think like, is there any are there any other films? I mean, you could probably say, and this is going to be a kind of more obscure one, but every time we say goodbye, it's like a <laughs> film from the eighties that I don't think anyone's ever really watched since the eighties, directed by a guy who really didn't direct that much stuff that was like English language and the character that Tom Hanks plays is like the main character in that and he's in like 95% of the film and then there's a woman he keeps is like, it him mostly in. alone though <laughs> no but like the focus is on him like he's a, you know he's at parties and talking to people and stuff but the focus is yep. mostly on his character um but it's weird because that's kind of true of like a lot of Tom Hanks stuff like you know the last film we talked about I believe was a hologram for the king that film is like seventy five percent Tom Hanks, yeah. With just well, one, the lead character. Yeah, we see everything through his point of view. Yeah, yeah, but with like, uh, there's other people there, but like, it's never really like five or six people in the scene. It's just Tom Hanks talking to another person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's it. So yeah, it's it's kind of weird how focused this film is. Um,